The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Oh, my God. This is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the two-man power trip podcast. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Cody Rhodes, the prince of pro wrestling, and you are listening to two-man power trip. This is Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Woogie Man. Tell my people and my brothers and sisters, don't you dare miss John and Chad. Hey, everybody out there. This is the franchise Shane Douglas. Remember me? <laughs> well, guys, it's great to be on on the show again. I appreciate you asking me back. So you said you were going to pinch yourself. I didn't know it was that kind of show now. I mean, if you guys are in the privacy of your own home, if you want to do these things. Good. How you doing, Chad? Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Okay. Hey, man. What's up, guys? This is Homicide. Oh, that's my homie. Homicide with a big homie club. Yeah, that would be it. Hey, this is David Penzer, and this is the two-man power trip of wrestling. Well, thank you, thank you. Hear me, fear me. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, Mean Gene, I can't be beat. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that. And every kid, I, they knew they could kick shit out of me. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now... They bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. You cannot 
be serious. This is the two-man power trip of wrestling, brought to you today and powered by the return of Eat Your Coffee to the two-man power trip of wrestling and triple threat podcast. If you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, the one and only JP John Paz. And John, to come a little bit later on, as we welcome back for the fourth time, the greatest professional wrestling commentator of all time, the one and only good old JR Jim Ross, coming back for another round with John and Chad here on the two-man power trip as we gear up for our big mark out at the Meadowlands Convention on April 7th at the Meadowlands Hotel in Secaucus, New Jersey. Head on over to matmcon.com for all of the ticketing and guest information. Jim Ross is headlining our mark out at the Meadowlands Convention as we prepare to make the day of WrestleMania a little bit more special as we bring you a football meets wrestling theme show up there in Secaucus, New Jersey at the Meadowlands Hotel featuring a six-guest super ticket package where you can get photos, you can get autographs, and you can meet and greet with some of the greatest legends of the professional wrestling industry that also played in a little bit of football, whether it was college, whether it was on the professional level. And of course, you've got your headliner, Jim Ross, who we know has some strong ties to the world of football, especially with the Oklahoma Sooners school and franchise and team and everything that you could possibly imagine that has to do with Oklahoma. We all think of good old J.R. Jim Ross, but the big focus is on Mark out at the Meadowlands in this interview with JR. But of course, we do touch on a lot of other things going on in the business. Obviously, the uh, the the inclusion of AEW and AEW's launch and what JR thinks about that and the impact that AEW has uh, really right out of the gate in professional wrestling and what they've done, who they're signing, where they're going next. And uh, it's really the talk of the town here with uh, professional wrestling. What's AEW going to do? Because I feel like AEW is going to impact WWE's business and JR gives us a little bit of a take on that but we also talk about a lot of classic moments as well with JR we talk about his infamous heel turn in 1996 and my tag team partner loves the promo that JR cuts on Vince McMahon in the middle of the ring we kind of get to talk about that a little bit but the focus is always going to come right back to mark out at the Meadowlands as well as JR's slobber knocker sessions which is taking place on April 6th at the Gotham Comedy Club in New York City. If you've been to a JR live show, you know that it's filled with laughs, it's filled with great stories, and it's filled with a lot of cool opportunities to get one-on-one time with Jim Ross. So if you can't make it to mark out at the Meadowlands on April 7th, you can make it out to the Slobber Knocker Sessions at the Gotham Comedy Club in New York City on April 6th. And obviously, you can follow JR on Twitter at JRsBBQ for all of the times. And he said he was going to tinker with when everything was starting, so keep your eyes on that. But, you know, look, it's great to have an association with JR. He has time and time again stepped up for us, and he's been very, very kind to us, and he's put us over a lot, and he definitely doesn't have to. But we really appreciate his association throughout the last few years with the two-man power trip, and that's why we are so proud to be a part of Mark Out at the Meadowlands and have Jim Ross be our headlining guest. So, with all that being said, head on over to www.matmcon.com. Get your tickets now for Mark Out at the Meadowlands. Please come join us. It's going to be an amazing day 
filled with so many opportunities to meet all these great legends, whether it is Stan Hansen or Tully Blanchard or Danny Spivey or Butch Reed or Tito Santana, or we even have Scott Putsky as part of our super ticket, where when do you get the opportunity to meet a guy like a Scott Putsky, a second-generation superstar, but also the vendor guests that we have involved. The list keeps growing. We just announced Terry Runnels will be joining us as well. And please, it's over 20 guests. Do yourself a favor and get to MATMCon.com and uh, make your plans to join us today. But also, I want to thank Eat Your Coffee for coming back. If you head on over to eatyour.coffee, you can now save 25% by using the code POWERTRIP at checkout. And if you want to get free shipping and 15% off on every order, use the Friends Plan subscription of Eat Your Coffee and you can get an additional savings of the free shipping at 15% off. But if you're just going to make a regular purchase, use the code POWERTRIP and save 25% off your first purchase of Eat Your Coffee. Please go ahead and support us with that. They are an amazing company to be partnered with, and their products are out of this world. So please take advantage of that. I know we're asking you for a lot on this episode today, but the last thing I'm going to ask you to do is sit back, relax, and enjoy Good old JR Jim Ross. So let's get it on over to a little two man power trip of wrestling business. And the slobber knocker is about to begin as we welcome in Jim Ross. Now for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip and at Wrestling Pal. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Also, while on iTunes, check out the feed for prior legendary episodes featuring the living legend Bruno San Martino, the late great American Dream Dusty Rhodes, the Enforcer Arn Anderson, Ray Mysterio Jr., Glenn Kane Jacobs, the phenomenal AJ Styles, lead WWE attorney Jerry McDivitt, and so many others. Also, while you're on the internet, check out ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, that is ProWrestlingTees.com. They are your superstore for all your wrestling t-shirt needs. Check out our page. Check out Tito Santana, Coco Beware, Kevin Thorne, Magnum TA, and so many others. Also, while you're on the web, check out our website, TMPTOfWrestling.com. And for all you Android users, please hit us up on Google Play or Player FM. And all you iOS users, please check us out on TuneIn Radio, Automatic, Spotify, and now iHeartRadio. And now, without any further ado, an NWA Hall of Famer, a WWE Hall of Famer, he is the greatest announcer of all time. He is good old JR, Jim Ross. Please enjoy.
appreciate it. So let's get going right here, right now. Joining us on the line tonight is coming back to the two-man power trip for a uh, a good old fourth appearance here with us. So that's very, uh, four is a very good number, but he's a WWE Hall of Famer. He's the greatest play-by-play announcer of all time. He is the one and only good old JR, Jim Ross. JR, welcome back to the two-man power trip. I appreciate you guys having me on. I couldn't turn it down. But for the money you guys pay, have me come on your show. I couldn't say no, brother. <laughs> hey, Nate, money. You pay, you, pay, you pay your guests probably the same thing I pay mine. <laughs> and sometimes that's a little bit out of our price range, if you know what I mean. That's uh, the price to pay. But, JR, it's so good to have you back on the show again. And this time we have you back for a big reason. The WrestleMania weekend festivities already getting into full swing, and you'll be joining us on April 7th at Markout at the Meadowlands, at the Meadowlands Hotel. But in addition to that, you've got the big slobber knocker sessions on April 6th, and we're going to get all into that today. So, I mean, this is becoming like a really huge time of the year for wrestling. There's so many things going on, but are you looking forward to WrestleMania weekend? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's it's an opportunity to... See a lot of old friends. See a lot of fans that uh, I've grown to know over the years. So many loyal fans. It's a great thing about pro wrestling is the fans are, you know, we're loyal people, and I think that bodes well for a lot of a lot of uh, things. So I enjoy it. I will tell you, it's getting more challenging uh, to find a spot to, to sell your wear, so to, so to speak. You guys have created doing your thing on Sunday morning, which I think is great. Good idea. I'm looking forward to that. My, sh- I think I'm going to move my starting time on my show on Saturday uh, to uh, a 10:30 a.m. meet and greet, VIP meet and greet, and a high noon show on Saturday. Started a little earlier. That gets me out of a lot of the other stuff going on. I know Bruce and Conrad got a show about two blocks from us. An hour later, uh, the Busted Open guys at their uh, anniversary show, uh, I think about 2 o'clock. It just, everything got real uh, congested, shall I say. Which, which I guess fits New York traffic. Congestion is the way of life there. Uh, so, I'm going to, we're going to speak those starting times, but I've been doing this matinee show in, at WrestleMania's for the last several years. They're, they're great. And then we're going to do a show on uh, uh I did this first. The first time I did this was in uh, Dallas uh, at the House of Blues. Uh, after the Monday Night Raw, I did a, a, a show, and it was amazing. It was a great. It was such. A, it was a great atmosphere because everybody was. They've been drinking all day. They just got out of Raw. They walked over to our building, and that's what we're hoping on Monday night after Raw is that they'll come see Bruce and Conrad and myself the first time I ever do this show and. Uh, it, would be, it should be a great Q&A because can you imagine all the great things that they've been able to experience, they meeting the fans, before many of them go home on Tuesday? So it's a, I look forward to it. I guess I'm, it's a hell of an evasive answer. I look forward to it, but it's not as easy to navigate as it was when we started doing these things. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. These things evolve every year and it seems like there's more added to the schedule and it seems like there's more people coming out and 
getting creative, like you said, with us. Like, we're trying to be creative and doing something different. Obviously, it's kind of on our home turf, and we're sticking to the New Jersey side for the people that didn't want to trek into uh, to the city because that's sometimes a hassle. But we also know there's going to be a lot of foot traffic and a lot of cars headed towards MetLife Stadium. So that's why we kind of focused in on New Jersey. Yeah. But to kind of move over to Mark out at the Meadowlands on April 7th, starting at 10 a.m., where we have a theme that is so right up your alley. It's like it, it's it fits like a glove, and that's football meets wrestling. It's it's members of the West Texas State football team and other football alumni that made the transition into professional wrestling. And obviously, when we think of wrestling and football, we think of you because of your uh, your connection to the game of football and also obviously the world of wrestling. But what do you think about that? Is kind of thinking outside the box. Giant Stadium, MetLife Stadium, oh, Mark out at the Meadowlands. Tie it together. It's logical, makes sense. The geography makes sense for they're all they're going to the stadium. Uh, no, I think you're, you guys are on to something. You know, still deals like like any other marketing effort. You know, to be a successful marketer or promoter, you have to know who you, who is my audience, who are these people, and then second thing, and, and as importantly, where are they, and then lastly, how do I reach them? So, you know, your, your, your thing is just like mine. You know, we're, we're all uh, hustling around and running around trying to get people aware that we're going to have a, an event, uh, little shows, whatever we're doing, autograph things, so Q&As. So that's our, that's our job. But I kind of enjoy it. You know, I, I kind of enjoy the challenge. You know, uh, either you're kind of up your own uh, devices. You're either going to make the money because you worked hard and got a break, or you're not. So uh, I, I love what you guys are doing. And that West Texas State lineage is amazing. You know, all those guys that came out of there. That's what happens. That's what happens when you have a, a smaller college in the in the in the hometown of the headquarters of the wrestling territory. It, you just see a lot of guys that migrated into the territory system because they had a home office and they were local, and you communicate with them. It wasn't so big and impersonal that you couldn't could talk to him. So all those cats came out of, uh, you know, Dory Funk Sr.'s uh, lineage. His, his wrestling tree is pretty damn amazing to think about it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we've got Tully Blanchard, Stan Hansen, and Tito Santana representing uh, West, Texas, West, West Texas State. That's a mouthful. But then also Kent and I, Danny Spivey, Butch Reed, and their football credentials. And then you throw in a guy like Scott Putsky, who also played college football, so it's, it makes out a pretty interesting mix of guys, and that's why we thought you were the absolute perfect guy to be involved with our show. Well, I appreciate the uh, opportunity. It's always good. Hey, it's good to meet the fans. You know, we'll meet a different group of fans there in Jersey than, than we will for the previous days, or that we will after Raw on, on, on Monday night. So, uh, you know, you start to think about that deal. Monday night at midnight, that's going to be an audience. And the venue's big. It's a uh, murmur. It's a murmur arena type thing, old venue. It's uh, about five minutes or, or less than ten minute walk from the Barclays Center, I'm told. So that should be fun. And you guys, everybody knows where your hotel is, the third Meadowlands Hotel. Many of us have been there many times. So did, I, did you guys do something there one time before that I was a part of? We never did the Meadowlands Hotel. This is a brand new spot for us, but there has been other conventions at the Meadowlands Hotel. I mean, for that Jersey area up there in North Jersey, I mean, that's like the perfect spot because you get the people that can come in from Connecticut and from New York and even upstate New York. 
it's really it's it's a perfect hub and for being so close to MetLife Stadium I mean it, you know again it was just a perfect uh scenario but I, I gotta ask this JR I mean with all the craziness that goes on basically from the previous week before Wrestlemania now how do you feel when Wednesday the next week comes along are you ready to sleep for like a, a three days straight afterwards <laughs> well uh I'm actually I probably will be. Uh, I still got that week to do a, a podcast, uh, and I've got to. Uh, what else have I got to do? I do a podcast, and I'm going to come home because I'm the, on Friday. I'm going to uh, have a I have a comic con uh, to do uh, near Detroit. Thank you. This I don't even. I don't even. I scheduled. Bottom line is. I don't have any really any time off after the WrestleMania stuff. But that's by my own admission, fellas. That's not complaining. I want to stay busy. Personally, I need to stay busy. And uh, I hope to have a uh, little bit more of a orderly and organized year in 2019 where I can still stay busy, but I'm not going crazy. Oh, yeah, perfectly understood. I mean, and there's a lot of stuff that could keep you busy coming up here in 2019 because, I mean, it seems like every day that you open up your Twitter feed or you go on uh, any kind of Google News or Sports Illustrated or ESPN, and there's wrestling news and there's something else that's popping up, whether it's new promotions, whether it's uh, people who are wanting to move and do their own thing. I mean, it seems like this time in the wrestling business, is uh, it's an interesting time to kind of be out there. And also, you throw these shows, these Comic-Cons, the StarCast events, there's so much going on in terms of wrestling consumption. It seems like we could be at an all-time high in terms of, you know, the ability to kind of uh, reach out and touch somebody today in the wrestling business. Yes, it's a, uh, I've said on my show, uh, you know, uh, I was talking to Rob Van Dam on this week's show, which is really enlightening, to be honest with you. I'm not being funny or facetious. It's really good. Uh, the best conversation I've ever heard him have and not because of me, because where he is in his life right now, and what all's been on his plate and left his plate, and so forth and so on, it's really a compelling story. And he's got a movie, you know, Rob's movie, uh, Headstrong, is dropping on Tuesday on uh, iTunes and all the digital platforms. He sent me a copy of it. It's amazing. It's about an hour long, guys. Anybody listening? Well, he said, well, I never was a big fan of Rob Van Dam. Don't even use that as an excuse. Because it, it won't work. It's not viable. You make yourself look bad by saying that. Uh, it's a story about uh, it could happen to any of us in a lot of ways. Because he overcame a divorce. His longtime best friend dog passed away, and then his dad died. So he had all these hits from all these different ways, uh, and it really made him make some bad decisions. But but right now he's like, sounds as good as I've ever heard him. He's just very, very sharp and articulate, and this was really good. So that was on my show this week. But, you know, you just, it's just, uh, it's just a great time to be a fan, so I was going to say. I, I told him that. He agreed. You know, to be a, a fan or to be in the business. I, I was uh, talking to some guys the other day. I said, well, what do you, you know, how's the business? The business is great. I said, I'm, I'm in my mid-60s. So I don't wrestle. I'm not going to take any bumps anymore. I'm done with all that this so but i stay busy and i make it i do all right you know no, no complaints here so uh i'd say it's a good time to be in the business and it's a great time to be a fan so we're 
all of us guys, like, you know, we're all living our dreams now, man. It's just entertaining these fans and uh, having a good time. And I can't wait to be up there with you guys and everybody else. It's just, it's just a real cool, uh, I don't know if anybody in the regular world really gets the synergy that you experience at a WrestleMania week uh, of events. The diversity of the people, the, where they come from, how long they've been there, who they're traveling with. Is it a guy's trip? Is it a girl's trip? Is it a family trip? You know, what's, uh, what's, the, what's shaking on that deal? So it's a great experience for me. I'm looking forward to it immensely. And I really appreciate you guys uh, having me as a guest there on Sunday morning. I've, that's just right down my alley. Oh, it is definitely our honor and our pleasure, and it's going to be awesome. And, you know, you're talking about the Ross Report, obviously, podcast on Podcast One, iTunes, you know, wherever your podcasts are available. Got RVD this Westwood, week, bro. Feel I'm, like... on, I'm on Westwood. I'm on Westwood One now. Yes, my Westwood podcast One. Yes. one my Podcast One days are in the rearview mirror. Yes, Westwood One. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Now, you know, you obviously got so much to talk about on that show, and there's always so much, like uh, Chad said, there's so much interesting wrestling news out there right now. But what's your kind of thoughts on AEW, All Elite Wrestling, and this new league popping up, and all this, you know, talent that's kind of migrating over the, the Jerichos and the Omegas of the world? Well, they certainly had a successful last few days at AEW, selling out the MGM Grand Garden Arena. And uh, I know that the... Uh, the vast bulk of the tickets were sold uh, by people going online and getting their code and then buying their tickets on Monday. And uh, then they they held some back, I'm told, that went on sale on, on Wednesday, today, or yesterday. And those those that were, those tickets, that cluster of tickets were sold out in four minutes. I don't know how many there were. I can't believe there are a lot of them because most of them were sold in advance. Uh, in advance of that, I'm trying to say. It was a smart, novel way to market an event when you don't have mainstream television. They use no television to market this event other than social media or, or digital TV. Uh, stuff that uh, Cody and, this, and the, his boys are doing with uh, uh, YouTube. So I thought they've had a great start. They've made some real good decisions. Um uh, and I'm excited to see where they go. If you're a wrestling fan, to me, that means I'm a fan of wrestling. And I'm not, I'm not being a smart ass. But I'm for them being successful. I'm for all these groups being successful. Because the better the competition, the more competition, the better it is for everybody. Because everybody can't lay around and not try to get better. Uh, and, and I don't believe in that philosophy whatsoever. So I think it's good. I think it's good, fellas. It's, they got young blood. They 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 are they're a cool feeling brand. They uh, they have a great opportunity to make their mark in an ever changing marketing world. It's amazing that the digital media and, and social media are so prominent in our lives today that you can do this kind of successful on sale and not use television, not use radio. It's really a phenomenon, and they, they meaning AEW, their people, seem to have the what the hell they need to do down because what they're doing is working. So I'm a, I'm a big believer uh, of all these wrestling groups. They're the newest one on the block. I hope they do well. They got a, they they got some interesting talents. They're trying to build a nice roster. Uh, we'll see. You know, it's 
they're going to do a TV show that uh, in May. They'll do their, I guess that'll be a pay per view in May, mm-hmm. out there in Vegas. I'm going to be out there doing a uh, for, with Conrad doing some some work at the at the, uh, at the podcast thing at the Starcast. I think I'm doing something with Flair, Rick Flair, and Ricky Steamboat. And uh, people think, uh, you know, that the the greatest match of all time has been Okada and Omega because it's lately, it happened lately. And he had a very vocal social media people that touted it. And it was phenomenal. I saw three of them with Josh Barnett there for Access TV. They're, they were indeed amazing matches. But when somebody says that had to be the greatest three matches you ever called, well, I, I don't know if it is or not. Rick Flair and Ricky Steamboat in 1989 had three matches that were phenomenal, all different, and uh, they used different strategies. They and they and they called the damn thing in the ring, which I thought was deeply amazing. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm 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 a I'm a big believer that uh, that competition and new business is good for every, all of us, no matter what we do affiliated with wrestling. So. My fingers are crossed for them. I hope they do well. You know, it just creates more job opportunities, more uh, get the talents, a, a, another viable place to work. They choose to explore it. So, a lot of good, a lot of good things can come out of this uh, if, it, uh, if it clicks. And I think it will. That is very, very cool as far as you being part of Starcast, doing some with Flair, and going to be doing some with Steamboat. And you mentioned Okada Omega and then Flair Steamboat. I did love. Okada Omega, but I don't know. I have to go Flair Steamboat is the greatest series of matches I've ever seen as far as being a fan. And obviously, you know, you were there for both. So it's got to be crazy to think that 30 years apart, but they could still be the greatest we've ever seen. Well, it holds up. The match holds up. They had three of them. And I called all three matches with three different partners. Uh, I called with uh, Magnum TA in Chicago. Um, Bob Cottle in Nashville and Terry Funk in New Orleans. If I can remember that correctly. Uh, so that made it even more unique for me because it wasn't a comfort zone. You know, I work with my regular guy uh, there. So uh, it was a it was a, it was a great three matches. But I don't know if they're better than Okada Omega or vice versa. And I don't even know how the hell you would judge something so subjective. That's the greatest color blue I've ever seen. What color is it? It's blue. Okay, what color blue? You know there's more than one blue. Well, that's kind of what I'm saying here in this match. It was a, that, those, both those series of matches were great. But I don't know how you, <clears throat> excuse me, how you accurately judge which one was the better of those two. And somebody could write in here and say, well, how about this match? Or this match? How about uh, for Brett and Austin? <clears throat> you call that at WrestleMania 13? Yeah, it was Austin. How about Rock and Hogan? You call that at WrestleMania 18? Damn, I sure did. And they were, it was amazing. But how do you determine when you say the greatest match you ever saw? What makes it the greatest? And I don't have the vocabulary or the intelligence to tell you my one and only favorite match. It's easy, easy to say the most memorable match I call. Uh, which is Foley and Undertaker in the Hell in a Cell thing because I get asked about it all the time. All the time. It's amazing. That 11 match is never going to go away. It's got a, it's got a, it seems like it's got its own heartbeat. But 
nonetheless, uh, I'm, uh, it's, it's just, it's fun doing these things. I love being around the fans. I can only imagine they're there to see us. If I were, when I was a, a non wrestling person and a young fan, if I had the money or the ability or they had these events, my little rotund ass has been in all of them. I would have loved that. I'd have got there somehow, <laughs> some way. No matter what happened, I would have got there. So it's all it's good for all of us. I think we're doing good things for the fans and hope they'll appreciate it. Come out and see you guys, your show on Sunday morning and and, and, and they say hello to me and all the guys. And you got a good crew of guys there on Sunday too. Good good uh, fan friendly talents. And all of Mark, as you guys know. All of Mark, by the way. The guys you mentioned are are, are really good. Did, is, was Terry Funk not able to travel? He, he's always touch and go as far as travel. It's weird. Sometimes he says yes, and then sometimes he says no. And sometimes he kind of puts you in a holding pattern and says he's not sure. Uh, I know he what, hasn't been feeling that great lately. So I'm not sure if he's able to travel. And unfortunately, I guess Dory Funk wasn't able um, to do much traveling, although um, not 100% sure. The, the all the particulars uh, on those two guys. Yeah. Well, he had uh, Terry hasn't been feeling great, so and he's not no spring chicken. But nonetheless, it's always great. I, I'm, I'm asking this of you selfishly because I love seeing him, and he's always the uh, lights up the room. He just he's that's just him. He he has it, and whatever the, whatever it is, Terry Funk has it, and he ain't going to give it away, and you can't manufacture. So it'll be a fun deal. So it's going to be all good. It's going to should be a great weekend. It's, the card will be loaded. <clears throat> good Lord, boys. I don't know what time the pregame show starts. I can tell you this. If those paper, the pay-per-view itself goes four plus hours and they keep doing that, you're going to end up killing your pregame shows because it's like watching the Super Bowl. I, I, I purposely, did not, purposely did not watch the pregame shows uh, <clears throat> because it's re- repetitive. I watched the game, uh, but man, that's a long day. Can you imagine I got a kid? How many bathroom breaks is that between like four o'clock in the afternoon to eleven? <laughs> and if you look at it, mania sometimes goes to midnight. So sometimes it's like a seven or eight hour show. It seems like lately. Oh, I know. Crazy. Too late. It's too. I understand the theory. You want to give every fans all this amazing experience that come from all over the world, but I, I think. I don't know that amazing experience is relatable to fatigue. I, I, you want people to be able to leave there that have enough energy and aware with it all to embrace what you just provided them. And I don't know that sometimes in those, those long, long days that, uh, nights more specifically that how, how that all works out. So I, I hope they shorten the timeline up a little bit, but, uh, my point I was going to make is that, that there will be plenty of cars heading toward the stadium to see WrestleMania uh, early in the day because a lot of people just want to get there and park, get settled in, and then and tough it out. At least they're, they're you know, tough it out and watch the uh, pregame show. The only thing you hurt you help there is it's not going to be cool weather. Now, you know, before I just wanted to touch on this briefly because you mentioned Access TV and with Josh Barnett and, and doing the play-by-play for New Japan Pro Wrestling, obviously. We just had on Josh Barnett last week, or actually the week before, yeah. and we had a long conversation. Actually, you guys had a little bit of a Twitter um, 
convo going on, and Thornett had mentioned us, which I thought was great. And you mentioned us that you were going to be part of the show, so it was a great tie-in. And it kind of, you know, oddly, we were kind of in the middle of you two legends, but it was great the fact that he was able to kind of speak so freely about what happened with Juice Robinson and that show in Long Beach and Jay White and everything like that. I don't know if you did you happen to catch any of what uh, Josh ha- had mentioned about you know possibly you being injured and you know and him basically wanting to kill those guys at one point. Well, I read his uh, I read an excerpt of the interview, uh, uh, you know, a, a transcript of part of it. I I knew how he felt because I was there for the whole deal, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I didn't. Uh, we were dodged both there because I I bruised a lung, I bruised my sternum, uh, I bruised ribs. It's, and and for, it, it may not sound like a catastrophic injury. Thank God it wasn't. But at my age, at those kind of injuries, anybody listening to this could probably verify that you, they heal slowly. Ribs and rib cartilage, slow to heal. And bruised sternum, and, uh, you know, I couldn't sneeze, I couldn't cough. I, it, was, it was miserable. And it was all avoidable. That was the issue. It was all avoidable. And during the day, uh, we mentioned that somebody's got to hook these barricades together so they don't, they could be a barricade. If not, you're going to open yourself up for lawsuits because the boys are going to use those barricades to sling guys into them. And if they're not hooked together, they're going to fly all over the place and could very easily hurt somebody. Oh, yeah, we got that. We got that. So what you do there is you got a deal where you got too many cooks in the kitchen and it didn't get done. And then of all the sides and all the areas of the ring that these dudes could be holding each other around, it's going to be right in front of us. Why? I have no earthly idea. No idea. So that's what happened. You know, I, I got hit. I thought, I had no idea. I thought I might have got shot or something. It was such a hard pain right in my chest or having a freaking heart attack. But then I hit the concrete. I bounced my head bounced off the concrete like a basketball. And then we, we still had a hell of a lot of show to do. And Josh is pissed. I was pissed because I was hurting trying to catch breath. Uh, oh, it was, I wasn't very professional there. I think I was cursing and having a hell of a time. But it just could have been avoided if everybody had just listened and, and actually adhered to a suggestion a old-timer would have. Hmm. That excuse from some millennial guys and some of these young wrestlers that have actually never sold a lot of tickets. They've been on successful events, but they didn't actually sell a lot of tickets. They believe that they have much more knowledge, by and large, than those of us that have uh, spent the majority of our life in this in this crazy business. Nobody says we owe, we know the most, but we know a lot because, as the insurance guy says, we've seen a lot. So uh, I, I just, it was all avoidable. Look, we had a nice chat with those boys after it was over. They came and apologized to me and Josh, uh, and they felt like they had shit the bed, and they had, and I explained to them, you just can't do stuff like that because you, you're, you put your company at a, a tremendous risk uh, uh, lawsuit-wise. I'd have no issues. I, would, I, would, I could probably win a lawsuit in that case, but I'm not suing anybody. But if, I'm not a, if somebody else is more than a payday, the damn sure say, boys, we're going to, I'll see you in court. Or unless you just want to settle. So it was a misunderstanding. It was miscommunication. 
I really thought it was nice that the uh, boys uh, found us after the show and apologized, and I thought they were sincere. So to me, it's just bygones or bygones. I just wish them, I wish them both the best. They're both good kids. You know, Jay White's got a he's in a great spot right now after beating Tanahashi for the title. That's a big deal. And uh, so he's got a bright future there. And of course, uh, the other kid is, uh, you know, came through the WWE system. They went to Japan. You know, you guys know the story. Mm-hmm. And he's a real, he's a, he's a good kid too. They're both good kids. They really want to be stars. They really want to try hard. And sometimes, for any of us, when we really want to be good at something and we try a little bit too hard, we make bad decisions. And they made a bad decision that night. Now, how you fix that is don't do it again. Make sure that if you're going to take bumps at the railing, that you make sure the railings have been connected. So that's why WWE started stop using those those bicycle-like railing things. And they use one of those wall uh, uh, security walls now. It's a lot smarter to do that than the other stuff. So, but it was yeah, Josh was pissed off. I never seen that man before, uh, and luckily Jay White did exactly what a great heel would do. He ran because to engage Josh would not have been a good transaction for Jay White. <laughs> that would not have been. A, that's not going to be a fair fight. No, but that ain't knocking Jay White. That's just saying Josh Barnett's a bad son of a bitch. He does this stuff for. For a frigging living, mm-hmm. these people up, and he snapped. And you know, thank goodness that was, there was no other issues there. That would not have been good. They they took my fat ass up off the floor and set me back in my chair. And I put I got my hat. Important to find my hat. I got that back on. Got my headset on, and off we went. So that's how it works. That's the unpredictable wrestling business. But I know, so many people thought it was an angle. We we're gonna, you know, I read some some guys have been in. A, and the newsletter business for a long time thinking, well, that's, that was a great, that was a really neat angle. Nobody knew it was going to happen. No shit. <laughs> it wasn't an angle, you idiot. Everything in life's on an angle or a conspiracy. Jesus. So anyway, it's all good, boys. It was, it was, it was a good, uh, it was a, I had a great time with New Japan. I love the brand. Uh, I love what they do. And it's given the opportunity to travel uh, to Japan uh, at the uh, selected times in 2019, I would love to have that opportunity. Uh, I like the culture there, the country there, and it's different. It's a new experience, and you get great quality wrestling night in and night out, and that's kind of what I love. And that's that was the only thing that would interest me. Getting back on regular commentary is if it were going to be athletically based physical wrestling and not the 10th grade drama class uh, trying to pull up kids. Hey, let's pause for one second and remind you that today's episode is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Eat Your Coffee. Eat Your Coffee is a coffee company that was founded by coffee-deprived college students that pioneered a new category in caffeinated natural snacks. The company's first product line, Eat Your Coffee Bars, are a date-based snack bar caffeinated with fair trade coffee, which would be comparable to one cup, and made with real ingredients so you can feel good with every energizing bite. Eat Your Coffee snack bars are non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, 
gluten-free, kosher, 70% organic, and available in three delicious flavors, including fudgy mocha latte, salted caramel macchiato, and peanut butter mocha, my personal favorite. Now that is an energizing combination because they are on a mission to help get people energized with naturally caffeinated snacks made with real, ethically sourced ingredients. So if you want more information, head on over to www.eatyour.coffee, as well as follow them on Instagram, follow them on Facebook, follow them on Pinterest, and follow them on Twitter and get all the information on how you can energize the moment with Eat Your Coffee Bars. Well said, for sure. And, you know, you mentioned kind of not really necessarily millennials uh, all being, you know, not listening and stuff like that. But, you know, you mentioned them maybe not taking some advice from, from an old-timer like you. But think about it. You mentioned all those great matches before, the Foley versus Undertaker, Austin versus Brett, Flair, Steamboat. You know, it's a big possibility that you calling those matches made them even better. So you may want to listen to the all-time greatest, the GOAT. You may want to listen to that guy, right? Well, I, you know, I have, I've had such a charm life. I live my dream doing this. And I like to believe, you know, that uh, I've still got, I still got minutes left. I still got time. I still can, I think I can still do this job. And I don't want to sound like a typical older guy that's trying to hold on desperately scratching and clawing for his last bit of relevance. Uh, it's just, I've been doing this for since the mid-70s. It's what I was children on earth to do. And so I, if you give me a match that has, uh, that's a, that has some logic surrounding it somewhat, I can make that match better. But that's not bragging. That's just what I, that's what I've been trained and paid to do for a long, long time. So as a storyteller, uh, that's what we do. We're storytellers, narrators. So I like giving the narrative. And you guys, I've said on your show before, the wrestlers provide the music and the announcers provide the lyrics. But the first thing, first, the first thing is the music. If the music sucks, there's no lyric, no poet, no wordsmith on, on earth that can make that music sound better. So the boys or the girls, as we see now, got to give you something to work with. And now you take that without insulting your audience and you make it better. And obviously, you know, you are the greatest of all time. Let's, and there are oh, great, the gorgeous soldiers of the world, but you are the greatest of all time. Man, it's so feel like anybody that even takes a little bit of advice to you would gain a lot in, in the wrestling business. Well, I've always got an opinion, unfortunately. But I've had some really good mentors. I've had some great teachers. So, you know, heck, I'm, I'm, uh, I always believe it's important for, for us in life and whatever our chosen field is. We do it at home. We should do it at home. I think we do it at home with our families that we, we're, we lead. We're, we're mentors. Uh, you know, we, we try to influence people that we can in a positive way. And I, I think that there's not enough of that in this world. Mentoring, helping people out, you know. So I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer of that. So that's the one thing I miss about being in, in, in a wrestling gig on a daily basis is being around the talent. Uh, they're special. And I've always had a special relationship and a bond with talent. It's like... There's ball players. There's ball players in your locker room. Some are 
great guys, some aren't. The ones that aren't, you get rid of as fast as you can, as best you can. Are you given a chance to cure their ail, ailment? So it's just a, it's just a, 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 a the love of my life, other than my late wife. It's just, it's all about the, you know, the wrestling business, and I'm consumed by it. I'm not so sure my children are so crazy about it because they've already heard about my passion for that, for that, and but I can't help it. I'm a fan. I love it, and I'm always gonna love it. Hey, JR, speaking of players in the locker room, there's one thing that's kind of popped up the last couple of weeks, too. And like we were saying earlier, there's so much news in the wrestling world. And normally, I don't think this would be that much of a big deal in terms of where he is at this point in his career and doing outside ventures. But is it kind of crazy to see that The Undertaker is now starting to take bookings outside of WWE? Because he's just one of those guys that you just always seem like would be in the fold or in the mix. And to see... Him being now booked at the StarCast convention, billed as Mark Calloway, a.k.a. The Undertaker. It's almost kind of crazy to, to look at it because I always thought that he'd be kind of locked up in that mystique of the WWE's Undertaker. Well, you know, uh, he's done many comic cons in the past. WWE's booked him on some like World of Wheels or some of those type things. Uh, he's done those. And I'm sure he'll do more of them. But when you're at his position, you've got young children. Uh, he's uh, not on the road and not, I'm sure he doesn't want to be on the road all the time. I wouldn't at his age. His obligations, his, his miles on the miles on the, on the car. Uh, I'm not surprised about it. To me, it's just a third-party booking. He's still under contract to WWE. Uh, I'm sure WWE gave him the blessing to go make a payday. When I had, when I was working on, uh, I had a contract with WWE, uh, and I worked at the same time I was working for Access TV. I figured that out. I had a contract with them too, and the WWE had never allowed that, but they changed. They 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 were easing up on some things, because so basically it was just a matter of me going and doing the thing I love and keeping my keeping my rhythm and making. They have good money on the side. And they like that, and I liked it. So that's what we did the first two or three years of that Access TV deal. It was also the, the blessing of WWE and Vince. But, you know, uh, the, the, uh, the thing with Taker is not... I don't see it as a sign of anything changing, or he's he's branching out, he's going to start wrestling. He's not going to wrestle anywhere else, I can guarantee you that. But I can see him... Uh, doing appearances and signing his name and taking pictures. And, and the way they've done it, this, uh, the Undertaker, Mark Cowboy, a.k.a., that's for legal purposes. As far as the WWE being a public credit company and the Undertaker uh, IP, the intellectual property is one of their assets. So, uh, you know, it's, it's just a... it's a, it, it, was, it was kind of news, but you know, I, want, I want to work that thing, too. Uh, and at this moment we speak, I'm under contract. Lawler's working it. He's under contract, WWE. Uh, I think Ricky Steamboat might be under contract. One of those legend deals or something, maybe. I'm not sure about that. So, you know, it's I, I can see your point. It's a good question. I just don't read anything in, into it. It's just he got a he got an amazing payday. You know, he's doing something over in the, on the UK as well, right? 
didn't know, know he did not read that. He was doing yep. GFK for Kenny McIntosh and stuff. Right, yeah, and that, he booked that before the StarCast one. And I think it also has to do with a lot that people just kind of want to jump on the train of uh, being on, on the front end of a good story, like you said earlier. You know, I mean, this is something that in the later half of his career, he's going to be doing the autograph signings and the personal appearances, and WWE has kept him close to the vest and hasn't had him do too much of the third. He's done, like you said, the World of Wheels and, and the, some of the Wizard Worlds, but he's been kept close to the vest, and I think when people saw this, they lost their freaking minds because they automatically think, oh, well, now he's showing up in AEW not knowing the logistics and the uh, the contract terms and the more inside part of it. So I'm glad you were able to kind of shed some light on that. Yeah, it's not it's, it's nothing. It's not a it's not a critical deal. It's not a big oh, there's a big story breaking here. This is the tip of the iceberg. I see nothing there in that regard uh, because I know that uh, he's getting, from what I understand, he's making getting great offers to go in and sit down and sign his name. And, uh, you know, again, like I said, people got to, we got to think logically. He's got a, he's got a wife. He's got, a, he's got young children. He's got a son that's in college. So I, I just think it's just normal parenting, being a father, being a husband, all that good stuff. And, you know, they're going to take care of him. I saw, I did see something on Twitter where he was going somewhere in a private jet. Well, that ain't bad. Don't cry for me, Argentina, because you're riding in a private jet. Come on. So I, I think it's just a, a business opportunity, and they're letting you go out and make a payday. My theory is always on this deal, fellas. If I was there today and had any uh, influence and talent, you want your talent to make all the money that they can. All the money that he or she can earn is what you want them to have. And if they have a chance to go do some Wizard wizard World or something along those lines, big comic cons, and uh, it works works out the schedule, then you encourage them to go do it. Go make the extra money. And then do something smart with it, like save it. Don't go make it. Don't have a good weekend at the Wizard World. Go buy stuff another Rolex. Don't do that. Save it. Pay your taxes with it. Oh, taxes, yeah, that thing. <laughs> so I, I, I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's anything to the to that thing. I really don't. He's a lifer there, boys. He's a lifer there, and, and as he should be. You know, I, I was listening to. Uh, I think I was listening to uh, Bubba Dudley and uh, Dave Labreco on Buses Open today. I think it was today. And they said uh, the Undertaker should go to the Hall of Fame and be the only inductee in the, of the night. I, I didn't like that at first, and I thought about it a little bit more. I said, that's not a bad idea. That could be an interesting presentation. So, you know, who knows? I don't know. I'm not. You'd think they're going to start announcing some Hall of Famers pretty soon, uh, as they usually do. And I hadn't heard any names even whispered, so I don't know. But nonetheless, he's due to go in anytime he wants. Oh, he's going to flip the switch when he's ready. It'll be his call. Now, as we start to wind it down and head through the, the finish line, JR, I just got to ask this because I had never actually asked you this before. It just was so interesting to me that people kind of overlook this part uh, of your career almost because you're so good of an answer. They almost forget how good you are as, as a character, how good you are as a promo. And I will never forget this. And every time February 11th comes up, it's stuck in my head, your voice. 
February 11th, 1994. Vince, you fired my ass. When you cut those great heel promos and, and do stuff like that, I mean, it's just, it's amazing, but people tend to forget, wow, like, JR is a really good heel, or JR can cut a really good promo. Do you remember that as vividly as I do? You cutting that awesome promo on Vince and, you know, fake razor, fake diesel, and all that? Yeah, I remember, I remember certain parts of that. I, I remember that I thought the creative of having a, a faux diesel and razor was a little weak. Wasn't crazy about it, but I understood the the direction. I understood it. I never thought I was going to get over, but nonetheless, uh, of all those guys that got over, I got over more than they did, which was not intended. And uh, then, of course, we got it. We were able to keep uh, Glenn Jacobs around, so I'd hired. And I think you know he's one of the best hires we ever had. Uh, Bogner didn't make it, unfortunately. Uh, but I, what I remember most about that is driving from. Philadelphia uh, to Hershey, and it was a bad, bad night of weather. And I was traveling with my Native American scout Jerry Briscoe, who was driving. And uh, so I was writing that promo in my head, and then reciting it back to him on the drive. And uh, he said, "I'm going to forget that." He said, "I know one thing. So I hope you get to do that promo tomorrow night because." I don't want to say it because I didn't want to hear it again in my life. <laughs> you know, I practiced. He was my sounding board. You know, he's, he's okay. Let me up. I got it. You're okay. You're, you'll, you'll be fine. So when I got, we got there, you know, uh, the next day, Vince, okay, you ready for this truck? Yeah, I got it. I think I got it. I think you'll like it. But that's how we did it. It wasn't a writer thing, but I had, I could not remember the lines, guys. Come on. Hmm. I'm not a trained uh, thespian. I can't go in and retain this information in a few minutes and then interpret it on a live television audience uh, to the level that it deserves. But I can. You tell me what what the, what you, the bullet points that you want to be in this promo, you tell me how long you want it to be, and I'll knock it out of the park for you. I just don't need the writers to give me a script. So uh, we did it, and it uh, seemed like it worked okay. And, and uh, it gave my character a little bit more, uh, uh, I don't know, Range, maybe. But I never liked doing those in-rings. I never liked being a character. I, never, I, wanted, I, didn't, I wasn't about being a heel or a baby face. I didn't want to be any, either one. I wanted, to do, I wanted to be the narrator. That's all. Of course, over the years, I got brought in some some situations. Uh, that it generally helped the heels get more heat. My one loss record wasn't so great, but I sure helped. That's the good guys over. <laughs> <laughs> So good, and you were so good at putting guys over, not only as a commentator, but I just remember those sit-down interviews that you had. I mean, man, we knew Foley was great, and we, we knew he was, could do this, but when you do that interview with him and really bring out something in him, it's crazy. Even Triple H, when he did those with him and Steve Austin, something about you, you knew how to bring this stuff out of these guys. It's just kind of that innate ability that you had. I mean, when you're kind of going through that and doing the motion, do you kind of know – you know, consciously, maybe subconsciously, all right, I'm going to bring this out of Foley tonight, or I want to, you know, make sure Triple H knows he's the game, you know, things like that. Well, you, you, you always start with an outline. you got to have a roadmap, which includes a destination. Uh, you got to have that. And a lot of it is done, uh, 
ad lib uh, on the on the on the follow up questions. The reactions and the follow up questions is where the money lies. But you can't ask the follow up question until you hear the original answer. And how does that? How does it feel? How does it sound? How is it set? How is this timing? So what can you do with what he just gave you? So that was so basically, I just got into a, a, a an interview interview guy mode. I just I was curious. I was looking for information, and then I knew that our t- TV crew, the WWE's TV crew, best in the world, quite quite frankly, and they would they would uh, edit it, clean it up, tighten it up, you know, make us look good as we, as we possibly could. So I just it was a natural thing. I was very lucky that I was born to be a decent communicator. But the main thing I was the luckiest at being a wrestling fan. You put those two things together and put preparation, a little bit of luck, you're you're gonna you can't hardly fail. And that's how I looked at it. And I was overcoming, you know, being a fat southern guy with a belt palsy and an oaky accent. I got all that too, I understood. I understood what was awaiting me. It wasn't gonna be no easy trek up the hill. But it sure as hell was attainable if you didn't stop your stop your decline. So I just that's how I look at that thing, guys. You know, I just I, those guys look. Give credit where credit's credit's due. Foley's a bright, bright guy. And he felt that character, and I did too because you know I had to stuck my neck out to get him hired. Uh, but I really uh, be a smart guy. And then you got Triple H. Who, who, you know, I gave him the nickname Walk of the Ring one night, the Cerebral Assassin, because I, I, it just seemed like it fit, and it was perfect for him. They tied in his brain and his brawn. Cerebral Assassin. So those guys carried the males much more than I did. I just had to stay out of their way, facilitate them, and nudge them to go to this one spot that we knew we were going to travel to. We all were using the same GPA. So it's just a matter of listening, and and then and then building on the story. Listening is a key word there. Listening to each other. When you think about you and your career, you think about like you mentioned being communicated. Your communication skills are great. Your psychology is great. Everything you know about wrestling is great, and your passion it really comes through, and it's great. And I'm just thinking the slobber knocker sessions and any fan that's kind of thinking, Oh, I'm going to be in the city that day. Definitely hundred percent get to that show because not only have I been there as a fan, I sure got the opportunity to work for you that day when you had Paul Heyman in the city. And it was great to be yeah. there as a JR employee as well. So that, I mean, it's unbelievably awesome. The stories you have and the history you have in the business. I mean, it really shines through and that will be one of the greatest things. If you're part of, of, you know, WrestleMania weekend, if you will, as a fan, that is going to be one of the greatest things you can go to is Slobber Knocker Sessions. I appreciate it. We're going to have a good time. And it's casual. You're in friendly territory, kind of one of my shows. We all know that we wrestling fans have been, have been uh, bullied, so to speak, for years. It's like being fat shamed. Uh, but we somehow we've been together and we fought off the naysayers and we found our own group to navigate to. That are more friendly confines. Come to one of our shows. It's like going to that that church of wrestling fandom because you're welcome there. There's no bad questions. There's no questions off off limits. There's no topics off limits on my Q and A. It's just more of a fan friendly, honest, oftentimes funny uh, opportunity. So 
and we'll, we'll, we'll knock her out again, I promise And they still got John's picture up on the side of the comedy club and telling him not to uh, come back <laughs> the next time JR is in town. But JR, not only that, we also have Mark out at the Meadowlands coming the following day, April 7th, at the Meadowlands Hotel in Secaucus. You can go to matmcon.com for the information on our great event, and including in the whole entire uh, JR WrestleMania weekend. Uh, and we can't wait to see you there. And we appreciate the time, as always, coming on with us again. And I got to mention this before we uh, we let you go, before we get into your, uh, your, your plugs. We were actually in the building. You're talking about your one loss record. We were in the building the night that you pinned Triple H at Madison Square Garden in 2005. So John and I were both there, uh, sitting in the uh, the high seats at Madison Square Garden. He never had a chance, did he? <laughs> Not with Batista in your corner, he didn't. <laughs> My wife, God bless her, was so angry at me that night because I didn't tell her how the match was going to go. I, mean, I don't think she had any... It wasn't about winning or losing, but my blood loss was uh, rather prominent, and uh, he did a, you know he did what he had to do, and I had no issues with that. Uh, I would have been very disappointed if it was less, but boy, she was she was angry at me for not telling because she was very scared, and uh, we kind of hit you hit it kind of hard. And I got to imagine my my big ass is making my heartbeat grow fast because I was pumping the blood, boy. I was a mess. But that was a that was an interesting storyline, an interesting angle. I mean, t- how do you think it feels for just to be a wrestling fan like me, who stumbles into the main event at Madison Square Garden before a sellout crowd? I believe it was sold out, but best I remember. Oh, it was sold out to the rafters. Yeah, it was really cool, and and then for to get, I'm in a totally different world. I'm within my world but in a different part of the world that I'm used to residing in. I'm not used to being in the ring, uh, getting pounded on or, you know, anything like that. But uh, Hunter was so uh, professional, you know, there's no way that that would have been nearly as successful and would have been nearly as viable for the, for the triple H Batista match and making Batista's big time baby face. Come to the aid of good old poor helpless JR, he's bleeding like a pig, and then do his damage. No DQ, boom, pulls me over. I'm, my arms over Hunter, one, two, three, I win. But that, you can't even see if I had thought that those thoughts when I was young in the wrestling business, when I was refereeing for $25 a night, and I had these daydreams of being in the main event match at Madison Square Garden, sold out crowd, blah, 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 people would have thought I was insane. That a kid, that ain't going to happen. For God's sakes, are you crazy? That ain't going to happen. A lot of guys that have been in the business for all their career can't get to can't get to New York and work for the work in the garden. What makes you think you're going to? Well, I didn't think that back then. If I did, it's only casually. But boy, howdy, did I uh, did I get to live that part of the dream? That was pretty cool. So I'm glad you guys were there. Quite frankly, that's a pretty cool deal. And we got to, as the boys would say, we got to hell the pop when it's over. Oh, that <laughs> whole night from. That top to bottom, that was also the surprise return of Hulk Hogan. So the building was literally shaking for the whole entire night, and it was from start to finish. It was unbelievable. It's a time that, uh, you know, hey, look, these fans today, they got a lot of great uh, wrestling to watch, but 
even as uh, you know, as recent as two, the mid two thousands, there was some amazing talent and some amazing television being made. But Jr., as we wrap it up here, I got to say it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And speaking for John and myself, I cannot thank you for your support and your willingness to work with us time and time again. And we look forward to seeing you WrestleMania weekend and at Mark Out at the Meadowlands. Before we let you go, please share with the listeners of the Two Man Power Trip where they can find anything and everything going on in the world of the greatest of all time. Good old J.R. Jim Ross. Well, thanks again. I, I'll keep it simple. Just You can follow me on Twitter, at J-R-S-B-B-Q, uh, for one thing. I'm on Facebook and Instagram, at Jim Ross BBQ. Uh, I have a podcast on Spotify and iTunes, and produced by Westwood One. But it's wherever you get your audio. Wherever the audio is, we're there. And the Jim Ross Report this week, Rob Van Dam's my guest. Next week, Conrad Thompson. And the following week, Mark Henry. So I enjoy doing that. It's about a two-hour show. drops every Wednesday. And then I have my, my, all my products, uh, our, our food products, are sold at www.shop.com and the Ingalls Markets throughout the southeast. But at, our, at your show, uh, we're bringing uh, books and sauce and jerky and seasoning, all that stuff uh, for the fans that show up that, want, that might want to uh, take home a souvenir. So... Uh, I'm busy, and I'm, I like being busy. I, you find out when you're alone and you're an empty nester now, and you know your, your partner's no longer with you, that you you have to do things to keep your sanity. And for me, I need to work. So I'm working for a different reason than I was when I worked in a crazy fashion before. Uh, I'm not driven to work for the money now. I'm driven to work for my sanity. So I appreciate you guys giving that opportunity, and I look forward to seeing you uh, the morning of WrestleMania. It's going to be a great day. It starts off the right way at Mark Out at the Meadowlands at JR. We will see you then. Appreciate the time. Okay, fellas. You guys have a great night. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.